What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Home with the Cousins. We know there is no straight line through a construction project, and it's our goal to help you save time, money, and heartache throughout the process. Today, we are talking to remodeler and designer Lori March. She is HGTV's house counselor, as well as a host on the DIY network, HGTV Gardens, and the Cooking Channel. To meet the growing needs in the industry, Lori created Forward March Media, a production company specializing in digital and social content and their clients span the retail, advertising, and entertainment worlds. Lori is known for her approach to project management and remodeling, which focuses on overseeing both the emotional and the tactical aspects of a design project. A third-generation remodeler, Lori's passion for home improvement and remodeling was unearthed while remodeling her own 1920s Spanish-style home. And as luck and timing would have it, she's getting ready to do her second remodel on that same house. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. All right, so we are rolling. Welcome, Miss March. Hello. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? We're doing all right. Thank you for doing it on the early side on the West Coast there. You got it. That's what coffee's made for. <laughs> it sure is. It sure is. I got to tell Lori, I was I just redid my website and I was going through and I was just going back like Oh archive. my god, I know what you're going to say. Go yeah, ahead. so I was going back through all the archive stuff and of course I want to put up all the commercials that I've done over the past couple of years. And yep. so everybody understands out there our first commercial that we ever did with Lowe's was when we were introduced to Lori. That's right. And we That's did right. we did those backyard series, redoing the deck, the patio space, the garage, the garage. Oh my god, Lori! Yeah, I was. Wait, we, do you guys remember? Because we look so young. We you, look young. But do you guys remember how sunburned I got? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, because of that reflective. Holy. Shit, that was oh it was my god! Good. It was I got good. roasted. I got but roasted. We, but you know what? It was. It's funny just to see. It wasn't that. I mean, that was. It was six years ago. Six years it ago. Six years ago. So time does fly. But it was crazy to see us because we do look younger there. But I think we're better looking now. I mean, I, it doesn't matter that we were younger. We we, we look better now. We, we've all we've all aged. Uh, we, we've aged good. Okay. We've aged good, Laurie. So we look. Thank you. I'm, I'll take it. And, I mean, Anthony's had like five hairstyles. I, yes. Yeah, I'm working on it right now. That's... Actually, you had your your hair. It was it was it the crew cut that it it, it wasn't the crew cut. There. It was because I was watching. Yeah, those were early days because I saw another Lowe's one we did, and then you had long hair in that uh, one, and now you're going back to long hair. We're working so, yeah. on it. We're working <laughs> so on it. It's all over. So uh, lovely trip down down uh, memory lane. Uh, Thank it's you. It's great. It's great. So Lord. <laughs> Um, just to catch everybody up who's listening, we you know we usually only get to see Lori about once a year. It was at K Biz, always yeah. a blast. And you were obviously telling us about your personal project you have going on. So we just thought it was a, a perfect time to get you on the podcast, um, and and to 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 just dive into that. Um, you know, designers, renovators, contractors who are doing their own projects. I think there's so much insight there um, because. You do know the process, but then you're also cognizant of the pitfalls that you know you try and steer your client away from, and and then you have to inherently steer yourself away from certain things. So, it's so, um, true. so why don't you maybe paint a little picture as to the size and scope of the project, and then let's jump into all the the nuances. Sure. So. Um, the house I live in is 1,800 square feet. I'm in LA, kind of in the heart of the city. Um, and it's three bedrooms, two baths, built in 1927. So wow. I'm sure That's you old. can imagine yep. 
there's some fun challenges. In California, we don't get quite as dramatic of weather. Uh, so my home has no insulation, like none. Yep. So wow. one of the, you know, when it's chilly in the winter, it does get down to the low 40s. Uh, you know, it's very difficult to keep the house warm. And then in the summer, you know, you're cranking that AC all the time, trying to keep it cool. You're just fighting. Uh, so we insulated under the house and over the house, but it never really helped. So for sure, there's just some really fun things about having a home that was built in the 20s sure. uh, that make it really difficult to to maintain any sort of temperature um, and air quality, too, honestly. So you con- So you did some Band-Aid stuff up until this yeah. point? For sure. Gotcha. And, you know, so we bought it in 2007, top of the market, which was super fun. Um, <laughs> I've been there. But, yeah, right. I think we all have. Uh, life doesn't usually time out with market. Um, but it's just got so many elements to it. It's old, beautiful uh, French casement wood windows. All of them are single pane. They leak. I have reglazed them myself three times. Oh, wow. Jeez. Um, yeah, they're a mess. They're really pretty, and they have so much character. But they, I mean, one time when it rained, it literally rained in my house. Uh, oh, boy. So they just leak, and, you know, there's, I, I mean, I've known for a couple of years now that I was going to remodel, so I kind of stopped making the Band-Aid choices and just, you know, decided to live with the charm and, and this and that until I could really get at it. So yeah. you've you've really taken the planning process to to – the next level. I mean, I mean, if you've known oh, yeah. for a few years, you've been deep dive planning this thing. It's true. I mean, I've been drawing the changes I wanted to make to this house for a decade. Um, well, I guess I the beautiful if- thing when you're not in a rush is that you can take that time. You know, you you're not spending any money. You don't have rent. You're not. You know, you're living in the house and you get yep. to interact with it on a daily basis. So to iterate, iterate, iterate is kind of fun. And then once you finally land on it, you start making those preparations. Yeah, and you know, to your point earlier, as a designer, you start—you have to pull the trigger, uh, and then you—I begin eliminating. Right? There's just things you can't do because you've begun, and you can't go back. You can't, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, you have to put your blinders on almost once you've made some choices and you want to move forward. So, hey, Lori, a uh, quick question: Is the house? I mean, we've done. Uh, on prior episodes, we've actually done a, a bunch of work in the LA area, so we know that there's yep. no basements or things like that, and that you have the, yep. the, the, the crawl space. Um, your house is is two stories. It's one story. Oh, it's one question. story. Okay. And we're shifting to a two story, so eighteen, almost nineteen hundred square feet. I'm going to add a second story. Okay. Um, is that is that bit- is that kind of common for your area, or most of the homes in your area currently like one story? Are you kind of going? beyond what other yeah. people are doing there are one story almost all of them a lot of developers got a hold of my neighborhood and tore them down and oh, put up yeah. you know four thousand square foot houses on the lots so yep. i'm building uh, just under three thousand square feet in total okay it'll be um five bedrooms three baths great and, that's, a, uh, that's a nice yep it's a great layout yeah i mean i work out of the house too so much so i actually need a full real office so I can leave the dining room table alone. <laughs> yeah. So and, and I guess I guess so everyone kind of understands. I mean the the renovation because we always talk about the the scope and scale of the renovations. Your your renovation yep. is definitely pushing towards that. I would say that that mid level upper level 
you know, it's something that it's uh, it's it's not going to be cheap. Um, you're 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 nope. going you're going to spend money, um, especially yep. when you're starting to put on a, a second story. You're going to have issues, uh, you know, with with load bearing walls and, and structural yep. issues, which I'm sure you're going through all of that now. Um, yeah. I guess I think the the one thing that we like to talk to our audience about, so they fully understand. Tell us a little bit about, you know, leading up to this, how much planning you've actually done so far. And then and then you can start getting into where you're at with it. We, you know, I know we yep. talked, in KBiz, of course, we talked about it, but I want to give everybody the full picture so they see it in their mind exactly where you are in this process. And then we can start going through, of course, the cool stuff that you're putting in the house and give everyone yeah. tips there. Yep. So, um about a year ago, I reached out to a contractor that I have loved working with, with my clients. Um, I had a feeling he would be the guy to, to work on my house because he's responsive, he's creative, but he also knows what I do for a living and is willing to yield when it comes to something that I'm very set on. And he's not afraid to pipe up when he thinks that I've missed the boat on That's something. Good. So it's a wonderful Definitely need that. Work. You need that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super important because yep. uh, obviously I don't know everything. Um, and you get, you know, tunnel vision when it's your own house for a little sure. bit. So I trust him. So I reached out to him about a year ago. Um, we just actually got our permit to build uh, yesterday. Ooh, oh, there it is. That magic piece yeah. of wow, paper. Talk about timely podcast. <laughs> That's, great. That's great. I know, right? <laughs> um, we, yeah. So, uh, had very few corrections with the city, maybe one. And it was really, they just passed a new ordinance to try to deal with the kind of huge box homes that have been going up around my house. So that was something that we had to work around, which sure. really governed our square footage. I was now, not did, allowed to build did more you, than 3,000. Got you. Did you have to go before zoning board or historical or anything like that out by you? Nope, did not. So everything was really. as of right. That's nice. Limit, yeah. Limits yep. some of the bullshit you got to go through. Agreed. And I think we had to make some um, some real changes based on water and drainage. That's a new thing for L.A. that's really heavily looked at is um, just making sure that there's enough permeable ground really yep. into the rain barrels and capturing any water that you can be. So you really do have to like govern a lot of strange. It's, it's so funny you... because it rains like twice a year. So it's, it's always a little... It seems like it's overkill for the amount of rain you're getting, in other words. It feels like it, yeah. although I think it's great to acknowledge that we need to all be looking to not, like, concrete pave the world. No, you know? 100%. Of course. So now does that mean that you're doing more site work? Do you have to put um, underground storage containers, or are you just looking at things like French drains and, and making sure you're directing the water in the right way? It's really about directing the water and making sure that you have permeable runoff okay. areas sure. um, and just determining where it's headed gotcha. um, yep. for sure. So Yeah, so yeah. out here, especially the Hoboken, Jersey City area, we wind up doing a lot of French drains because if you don't direct yep. that water, you know, some neighbor's basement is going to gonna catch a, a, a shitload of water, you know, in, you know, you've got right. new construction, they've been there for 10 years, and then all of a sudden it rains and now... The water's yep. found a new path, and that path is yep. not going to be pretty for for somebody else. So it's yeah, yeah it's definitely something that that we've got to pay attention to. It's, and you know, even more so when you're building in a dense area, you know, we've you've got to yep. be cognizant of your neighbors. Otherwise, the whole system doesn't work. 
Yeah, and our property is walled on all sides, uh, trees in the back, two walls, you know, neighbor walls on either side, and a hedge in the front. So oh, nice. it is in the city. We really are in in the in the main drag. So you, you're right. You know, you do have to pay attention, and it, it's dense. So, so has this? So Lori, has this been, for all intents and purposes, has this been a a year of planning? Yeah, I would say probably. Uh, about eight months of solid planning okay. and uh, I would say six months of, of, you know, working with an architect and, and to today. Well, right. I think right. that's, I think that's a, that's a good range that that's good. So everyone kind of understands. So you well, know, the size yeah. of Lori's renovation exactly. too is definitely on the larger scale. Yep. So when we say to people budget approximately four months, you know, that's that middle of the road. Yep. Maybe if you're smaller, you've got two months. But if you're bigger on, on Lori's side of things, you're definitely and putting that's, that that's six months And that's my point. That's it, exactly right. where I'm going. So everyone kind of listening. Because right. everyone always asks us, you know, if they're doing a kitchen. And if you're just doing a kitchen, like we normally say, you can you can go get away with like two to three months of planning. If you're doing a little more than the kitchen, maybe you're expanding first floor, then you want to have four months. But like you're doing, you're adding a second story. And you're doubling your, your square footage. So the fact that you're saying six to eight months, I think that's a that's a great way for everybody to kind of see someone that's a professional like yourself who has done this many a times, you've really taken advantage of the planning process. And my last question regarding the planning process, do you feel that you are prepared? Now, now that you're ready to go, because I think that's the one thing everyone <laughs> says, you know, you, you plan, plan, plan. How do you feel? Because now you have your permit and now it's going to be off off to the races yeah i would say i feel mostly prepared yeah okay. i mean there's lots of little details left to be thought through um i'm also i don't know if we talked about this i think we did john but i'm also shooting the series yes we we're going to be filming the process so that was also part of the negotiation and discussion with my contractor was saying hey i'm gonna record this <laughs> <laughs> like, which this which makes which makes life so it makes it easy for him right <laughs> I think he went into it pretty pretty comfortable with that. All right, that's um, good. Because the last time I worked with him, I did record a lot of the process, and he really enjoyed it. But mm. we are planning to sort of extensively film. So I did have to, you know, make him comfortable with that, see how that would affect our build schedule. I mean, I, you know, I anticipate us building 10 months at least. So. Sure. And out of curiosity, because, you know, we've talked a million times, whether it's on this podcast or in random interviews about, you know, about construction build schedules on an HGTV timeframe. But being that it's your yeah. production company, you're shooting the series for digital, it's going to live on one of your properties. Yep. You know, how how are you going about it? You know, are you going to let more of the construction take its normal course and you're going to overshoot or you're going to try and get things done in a, in a faster timeframe in order to, you know, make the shoot more economical like we were so used to with the big networks? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. I think what I've done is laid out eight episodes of content, mm -hmm. and I'm really looking at what's happening because you want it to be interesting. I mean, want it to be educational and fun and cool, but like that has to, you know, you can't drag out the the build itself can be so heavy if you're not in construction. Sure, um, it it can be a little more like boring to some people. Well, I it, guess it so, can be, but so in the same balance it. in the same breath, Lord, I would say that you know, HG and DIY have gotten so far away from process, you know, that right. I, I'm excited to see what you do with it because I, I know how process driven you are 
And yes. obviously, so the stuff you shoot is always beautiful. So I'm, I don't think I, I wouldn't, I'm not worried about it from a story perspective. I think you'll nail yeah. that, but I'm excited to see a little bit more of the yeah. process. Not, I don't think just from, because I'm in, in construction, but because mm -hmm. I think it's valuable for people who aren't to understand what it is that they're getting involved in and to yes. be able to see that in, in video form, you know, I think is kind of like the podcast on steroids because you can really <laughs> physically see what you're going through. Yeah. And I think, you know, we've had to make some real specific uh, choices. Like I do think we'll be mounting cameras for a lot of time-lapse photography. Sure. Because yep. sometimes you see the passage of time and that's really where you see what's happening, right? So like the deconstruction and the demo, I think that's, um, I mean, it's going to be shocking to see a home that looks like you could, you know, put a key in the door and walk in and then you, you're dismantling it and it's, mostly going to be down to the studs and, and some walls will be completely gone, honestly. That's and just, fantastic. That's easier fantastic. to just safer and cleaner to just do new construction for a lot of it. Well, so. what you, I guess, Lori, what are, what are you, since your, your house is, you know, you said 1927. I mean, it's, it's yep. definitely, it's definitely up there. It's, you know, it's, uh, it's an older home, even for New Jersey. That, that's an old, that's, that's an older home. So what things, are you saving that you can kind of let our audience sure. know or even things, even tips? Well, maybe? John, maybe we should, what we should do first is just, Lori, maybe just define the, you know, deconstruction versus demolition and kind of talk about your process sure. there. Yep. Sure. So, um, you know, there's so many materials that if you just pulled up with a, a, a dumpster and just threw it all away, this happens all the time on, on traditional construction sites, um, there's so many materials that could have another life. So part of our process and part of what we're filming is dismantling as many things as possible that could have a value. Now, that sounds crazy, right? But it's really like doors, windows, hardware, um, hinges, all the interior doors, all the casing and, and crown molding. Um, well, th those are things. Th those are things that they don't make anymore. And I I'm sure right. if built built like again built in 1927 the, those casing those doors if they're original yep. you are not yeah. going to find that stuff so yep. that's kind of cool i, I, I like that yeah it's yeah. a pain in the butt when you need to get you know to remill something to match yep. from from the 20s but yeah so we're going to try to save as many of those elements uh, you know I, I feel like i'm not telling you too many secrets if i tell you that there will be um a lot of reusing of some elements that are going to come back into the design um some of the windows, definitely. I have some uh, mahogany trim in the front that I'm going to uh, reclaim myself and hang on to to make some picture frames and oh, some stuff cool. like that. So. Are you putting, is everything, so I get a visual of this, are you taking everything and putting it in an on-site container so it all st you know through, of course throughout the process of it doesn't medicine. rain in la man <laughs> she could just leave it in the backyard <laughs> yeah, come on, no big deal. um are i mean are you are you keeping everything in like a specific area making it so you're like okay as we go through this yeah okay. i'm uh i'm at my i have a viking range and a sub-zero fridge that i'm keeping yep um so they'll just get disconnected and go into a storage unit along with any of those raw materials that I'm setting aside for projects for later. Um, yeah. On site, I don't have, I mean, it's, it's such a big project that I, I really worry about, you know, 
how 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 it'll make it if I leave it on site. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I'd rather pull it out, especially if it's glass or anything. You yeah, know? Yep. spending the so. money on storage unit is is such a smart idea. I can't tell you how many times you know you, you're like, ah, oh, it'll be fine, and then like you're moving right. the material for the seventeenth time. <laughs> yep. You know, and it's, you're trying to be careful, and then inevitably something gets broken. Or a contractor, or, or there's some you, guy. You know how many? You know how many guys are going to be in your house? Contractors and yeah, you're gonna have a ton else. of guys there. And um, it'll give us a safe space too for fixtures and things as they begin to come in. You know, some of those things you find them early, like a light fixture. You could find it. You know, like I've already when I was in Italy, I found some light fixtures that I brought home. So. Clearly, that does not get installed for another 10 months, but you got to have a safe place for it until then. Exactly. Um, So, obviously, L.A. being the the climate that it is, I mean, you you really have all this additional square footage in the yard. And I know you were talking about, when we were together, you were talking um, about doing some reconfiguration outside. Can you talk a little bit about how you're, like, blurring lines or incorporating your yard into and i know for those who don't Lori has got a mega green thumb and she is like a crazy crazy good plant lady so uh i'm i'm very interested to hear what you're doing there Uh, some days i like plants more than people (laughs) amen (laughs) there they are a lot easier to handle that's that that is very true (laughs) so the entire um north wall of my property is a vertical garden it's a vegetable garden um it's just off my kitchen and it's really been such a like beautiful space since my property has like a 10 foot wall between the neighbors any vegetables that are sort of a vining crop I train them up um, which means that in a city you can yield so much more so my cute urban garden could, oh God, I could like one year I grew 17 different types of heirloom tomatoes oh my and God. 17 literally 17 herb. I had so many I had wow. to like give them away I never uh, even knew there were that many different Lori, types I, of heirloom I will literally pay for overnight shipping if you'd be willing to send me heirloom tomatoes. Oh my God, you're amazing. So, I mean, I know we're from the Garden State oh and all, but. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, never, never knew that. Just learn something. Wow. There you go. I will mail. Wow, um, wow, wow. So, one of the things I'm doing is um, connecting the kitchen to the outside a little bit better. Right now, I have a single door. Um, and what I'm doing is killing one of the downstairs bedrooms and turning it into an outdoor living room. Uh, it'll be fully covered. It'll have a seating area, a long table, a TV, a place to grill. Um, but all of that will open up to that 50 lineal feet of, of garden wow. against the wall. So oh it's really beautiful and like indoor, outdoor. Um, the kitchen is going to be show stopping. I really sort of. Um, what are you doing? To... Can you can you let us know? I yeah. mean, I, I know, again, <laughs> I don't want to go too in the detail, but anything you can kind of let everybody know what sure. they, they, they will see. So I kind of decided to do um, an interior wall and an exterior wall with really different purposes. So the inside wall of my kitchen um, is going to have the pantry, the fridge, the range, um, you know, all the heavy lifting of all the upper cabinetry, um, a little bit of open shelving too. the exterior wall that faces the garden. I'm going to put no upper cabinets. It's literally all garden walls. So I've built... uh, my, this is the one place my contractor wanted to kill me was uh, the engineering for this wall of windows. He's like, wait, what? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, but I wanted to build my my kitchen now has a garden window, which is sort of a foot up off the counter. And yep. then it's a lovely shelf that I grow all sorts of stuff on. Um, it's very useful too to have another surface 
um, that extends out. So basically I'm, I'm expanding that the entire length of the, the kitchen. So no upper cabinets. That's going to be windows. huge. Yeah. It it, I, I mean, do you, like I, I mean, approximate <laughs> width. Um, I think it's at least 12 feet of windows. Whoa. It might be, it might be even more. I need to go back and look. That's a good question. It wow. might be more. Um, wow. but yeah, so that'll all be open straight to the garden. And, um, so the kitchen will have so much natural light and, um, like just really dividing the purposes, you know, you put the heavy lifting on the inside mm-hmm. and then that, that side will have sink, um, dishwasher and lots of lower cabinets, but I've kind of divided the sections into like, this is where I prep, clean, cut. And then the other side is, you know, the fridge, the pantry, but I like to work on a lot of counter surface. So. I did the same thing in my kitchen. I, this is where I order my food from, <laughs> and then this is where I transfer it from the containers into. The... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true. Very very true. Too. I like that you guys thought I was serious. I know. I was like, "Wow, Anthony didn't go deep on us here." <laughs> he did not. This is where but you know what, Laura? I've been, you know, I've been uh, seeing a lot. Uh, a lot of kitchen designers have been doing exactly kind of what you're saying where where their sink area is you know of course everyone says you, you want a window there that goes out to the backyard or or mm-hmm. to just a, a space that you can see a lot of greenery and you do it's I don't know if I want to call it I don't I never like using trends but yep. again you definitely start seeing a ton of des- designers right now that are doing those huge windows over yeah. the, the kitchen area, over the sink area, where there is no upper cabinets, and yep. it stretches the whole entire area yep. of that back countertop. And I love it because, one, like you said, it brings in a ton of light, and it makes you really feel like you're outside. And it, yeah. it is. It's, it's a beautiful look. I feel like, to your point, it's kind of an anti-trend or like a uh, an ongoing trend that people are experimenting with not having upper cabinets yep. where they don't mm-hmm. make sense. Yep. And just exploring, like, what does it mean to me if I don't put this up here? Like, hey, what does it look like if some bowls and plates live in a drawer instead of an upper? It's a it's a human behavior shift. Correct. I think people have been trying it on, thinking about it, exploring it. You know. Well, it's interesting you put it that way, and it's a great segue into what I was thinking to ask you next, which is, you know, do you tend to experiment more in your own property, or more, or more than you're willing to push your clients to, to, you know, to a level of of discomfort in the decision making process? That's a good question. I've always pushed my clients a little bit because. I think you can make a leap. You know, if you know one thing about yourself, you can make a leap into the next choice. And I do find that my clients have always been very happy with a lot of the, you know, when, when I feel it's instinctive, you know, you, you see how somebody lives. I pay so much attention to how my clients move through the world before I advise them to do something different, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, Hey, you your family lives like this. I see you doing this, this, and this. Would it make sense that we created a different area for that? Or, you know, like you kind of make a leap together on those things. But I, I think there's lots of places to take risks. I, I mean, all over the house, I'm definitely taking a few here and there. Well, I mean, um, listen, t- taking, taking, getting rid of an, an entire bedroom to create an outdoor living room, that's definitely a risk in terms of resale value. Yep. But I For think, sure. you know, I hear that and I said, well, I'm thinking, wow, that's absolutely fantastic. But I think certain yep. people would see it as a, as a risk. Sure. 
Yeah, and to me, I, what I think it creates, I, I do think most people who come to South, Southern California are looking for indoor outdoor living at some level. They're they're here for the climate or they're here for work, but you know, year round, I can walk outside and and sit down mm-hmm. and experience the outdoors. So partly it's about just creating a space that can support what you want to do in it. So well, you know, I th- I think too that you know people maybe don't realize as much that that indoor outdoor space can be just as sophisticated just as layered just as well designed as the inside of the house so for you to do it in your own home as uh, you know as as a guiding light to future clients i think is 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 a great showpiece as well because you can point to yourself and say you know this is this is how much time and how much layering i spent outside the home yeah and it's a reminder to myself to get outside too because that is part of what i love about being here and you know, I think I, th- similarly, I have a another space plan just like that off the master bedroom, which is a, a pretty big patio. Um, it's very private. And the goal was just to create another space that, you know, you could sit outside and take your coffee or, you know, read a book. I, I spend a lot of time writing. We do a lot of mm-hmm. script writing. So, so do you, you know, tend I- do you tend for your outdoor spaces? Do you tend to, and I guess the question can be for indoor too. Do you tend to like creating smaller nook type spaces? Oh, um, yeah. You know, se- separate from each other as opposed to that large open concept everywhere type of living. Yes, and you know what? People are going to kill me for saying this, but I'm not into the open concept. Some if people I'm aren't. A, yeah, I'm just a, a creature of. I like things to have a purpose and sure. I like to leave leave one thing behind and move on to the next. So with the 20s layout, I am keeping the majority of the layout that's of the first floor the same. That's great. Um, I'm popping open the kitchen a little bit to the dining room um, because there were some like quirky walls uh, that are, are getting rearranged. But I do I like rooms to have a purpose, especially like, hey, say you're watching TV and somebody else in the house is watching a different TV. Sure. You know, it's loud. Like if you have one shared space, uh, you're you sort of bump into each other a little yeah. bit more. My and... um, my parents recently finished a, a brownstone renovation, and I think they did a really good job at that. My mom created, cool. you know, a reading a reading room. I mean, they're like undefined yeah. rooms. It's like yeah. Bedroom, yeah. bathroom, dining room, kit. What's this? It's a reading room. It's a library. It's a whatever the hell you want to do in it kind of room. It's just for that. sitting and reading and just just the same as you're describing. And it's it's funny the the phases you go through. And I don't know if it has to do with age or just evolution sure. of design. But I mean, right now I'm in a completely open loft. I mean, my bedroom is open mm-hmm. to the downstairs when the curtains are open. So it's yep. it is literally one excuse me, it is literally one giant uh, voluminous cube. But how do you like that? I mean, is I, that, are you comfortable with I enjoy it. Um, how, do I, how do I say this nicely? I enjoy it when I'm living alone. Um, but to your point, you can't get away from anyone. Yeah, you can't um, have your own space. If you have a roomie uh, or a significant other living with you or something like that. So it, it is very challenging in that respect. And, and being that I, have, uh, that I work from home as well, you know, I only have my office as the only room in in the space unless you go up to the roof deck. So it's um, it's challenging. And I will let out without much detail that I am looking at a at a new project uh, here in Jersey City and um, it will have way more rooms um, specifically to the point that you're making specifically. Yeah, to that, that's and, awesome. And, and yeah. Lori, you know, I love that you said 
before, whether it's the kitchen or outdoor space, you know, kind of like the, the, the anti-trend that, that you were going yeah. on because so many people being in this business, right? The one question you always get, what's on trend? What trend should I follow? What should I do? And you said it perfectly when, whether it's your house or whether you're dealing with a client, you say, well, how do you use your space? Let's, let's mm-hmm. really think about that. If you like to have smaller rooms, you want to have more privacy, you have a, maybe you are living with a larger family, you don't want that huge open concept, you don't have to do it. I mean, I post pictures you know, right now when you started talking about doing the, the large window over the sink and yep. you're having the light. I love that look. Now, I see, I've talked to people. They're like, oh, man, you can't do that. You don't have no upper cab. You don't have room for space. And then I start right. breaking it down. I say, guys, well, tell me what's in your upper cabinets. And also, how many times have you actually used right. what's in there, right? Because people just like to throw things in there. And then when you start breaking it down, whether it's in the kitchen or whether it's outdoor space, saying, all right, well, let's talk about outdoor space. How much do you use it? Do you entertain? Do you have people over? Right. We always talk right. about that. Then the conversation and then I think the way they think starts to change. And I think sure. that's the whole point of it. It's really figuring out how you use the space, not saying, well, yeah, I watch this TV show. They always do this. Or I have a couple friends and, and this is how they designed. It's like, no, design for what you currently need right now inside of your home. Yeah, I love that. So I love that. Yeah. You know, it's it's, it it's, it's refreshing to, to even hear you say things that you're saying, ah, I know it, maybe it's anti-trend, but it's 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 what you like. Well, speaking of trend, anti-trend, and and just pivoting a little bit here, um, I want to talk about tech uh, in the home, and I also want to <laughs> talk because I know you mentioned possibly doing solar, and I want to see where yeah. where you've got in the evolution of your thought process Ugh. there. Um, so maybe you could you can just talk a little bit about about that. Sure. So, boy, that's a great one. Um, Speaking of trend, (laughs) I'm kind of anti, anti tech. I really, I I spent years ripping shitty technology out of my clients' houses and, you know, updating systems that aren't, that that don't mean anything anymore. So I'm a little gun shy about putting things into the house that are overly tech driven. So like, for example, I have a Nest thermostat. I love it. Um, I have locks on, on the front and back door that I can get in and out with a keypad. Mm-hmm. Love it. Um, past that, uh, you know, so the, like wa- so, so the biggest thing that comes to my mind would be yeah. as an addition to what you just mentioned would be Wi-Fi yeah. light switches. Where do you stand on that? I'm a no. You're a no. And yep. why, and, and, and why? Because I can get off my butt and turn on the light. <laughs> okay, I, I don't disagree with that, and they still and they still work that way. But from a from a from a like from an ease of use standpoint, from a I'm gonna have a dinner party, I want to set a mood, and like there's yep. an entire scene with one button. From a I want my yep. lights to turn on when when uh, sun sets each day. You know, from a yep. convenience or from a you know, an outdoor lighting perspective, I want those lights that come on timers and such. Yep. There's no, there's no attraction there. <laughs> None. None. Okay. All right. I None. dig. She's going against See, Anthony's I, tech. I literally, That's it. I, I love my <laughs> Wi-Fi light switches. Love, love, I'm love kind them. Of like, I, I get it. Like, I, I guess for me, as long as all my lighting is on a dimmer and I can set it to where I want it to be, um, I don't have an Alexa. Don't believe in it. Mm-hmm. Not interested. Don't care. Okay. Uh, 
like I don't need the the over convenience technology doesn't do anything for me. And we've had like, that I conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we we've talked about we've said that same thing. Sometimes I think Alexa is still early. Um, I, I'm not anti. Uh, I, I have I a few reservations about it. Um, I have a lot of reservations about it, but I see the value in why people like it. It's for myself, the choices that I'm making. I think I probably would think about um, possibly dealing with the outside lighting, possibly like a ring doorbell or something, you know, mm -hmm. or camera doorbell, uh, and, and possibly um, uh, like a mechanized rain gauge that really, you know, if you get rain, it shuts off your sprinklers. That's good. Yep. Um, Have you, do you, are you familiar with a company called Eden, E-D-Y-N? No. Okay, check them out, and I think okay. you'll be really. Um, it's they are super cool. So they've got, they've got uh, a soil sensor where you can mm -hmm. say, in this flower box or this pot or whatever, I'm growing X, and it huh. inherently knows how much water it should get. And then you've got That's a cool. a sensor that works in conjunction with the soil sensor. Um, that's on the hose and it'll say, okay, the soil has enough humidity or moisture for the plant right now. And so it's oh. reading the rain, it's reading, it's reading the, um, the, uh, water content in the soil and it's delivering water based on the needs of the plant that you've told it is in that. It's really neat stuff. I have not played with it, but I've been in uh -huh. touch with them because I just thought it was really, really cool. I would check that out. It sounds like that could be a good counterpoint and like addition to, I have crazy, um, like my drip irrigation is very specific for mm -hmm. the vegetables and the plants that I have down the side of the house. So that could be kind of cool. Well, and especially with all the travel that, uh, the travel that you do, the travel that we do, like the, some of those yeah. things are, they're more necessity than over convenience at a, at a certain yes. point. I mean, yes, maybe it's an over convenience that it's accessible from your phone. It's on the internet. But when I think when those types of sensors that can be accessed from anywhere are are kind of really close in expense to a standard old timer, yep. why not? Yeah, I mean to the to the rest of the house tech. One of my great fears is how far away we're getting from capability to adjust, fix, repair anything in our own houses, mm -hmm. how yeah. overly wired we're getting so that all the systems around us are on Wi-Fi. They, you know, require connectivity. They require electricity. Like I, I, you know, I think, you know, this about me, I'm a little bit of a prepper. Like I'm always trying to acknowledge that there's disasters and emergencies that happen. Mm -hmm. And I want most of my house to operate in normal ways that require as little technology and connectivity as possible. Sure. I also kind of hate the idea of being hacked in a hundred ways. And lots of people say you have nothing to hide. And, and that's true. Like who cares? You know, mm -hmm. like nobody really wants to see all the puppy videos I watch. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I do. I do that's with peers in general, you know, I use, I use my computer to make a lot of purchases. I have a lot of client information and privacy is important to me. So I really struggle with a lot of the systems sure. and how laissez-faire they are and like unconcerned they are about, um, how connected they are to your, your home and your environment. And so part of me is like, nope. <laughs> yeah. No, a lot of fair, a lot of very, very fair points. And I think that's a, a lot of concerns that, that many people have. I just, 
I just love it too much. I just I love know. it too much. Anthony <laughs> loves, he, he loves his tech, but but and, and, but but I, but Lori, I you know we've talked about tech a, a couple times on the podcast, and yep, it it's not there yet. And we and we've said mm-hmm. this. We we with all the yep. systems that, that are out there, some don't work with others. They only communicate with with certain ones, and it it is not. We we definitely are not at that point yet where you can say these are musts you have to have this it's definitely and it changes so fast right something new is coming out um you know it's it's constantly changing and that's i think the frustration even from our side as either designers or contractors you're trying to be there for your client but at the same time it is a little difficult because the information changes so fast and it's not concrete you don't feel comfortable with everything yet so I, I definitely yeah. understand where you're coming from. And you know what else? I've also been in someone else's home who had invested in technology that I couldn't figure out how to turn on the lights, you know? And I never want that to happen in my house. I never want a guest not to know how to use the systems. What if I sell my house three, four years after I build it? I don't want the next person. I feel like a steward of a property. I don't feel like an owner eternally because we do move in and out of homes You know, like we, my home has had multiple owners. So to me, it's always like, you know, you're making all these choices about your home and you're personalizing it to yourself. And somewhere in there, there's like a give and take, right? Where you have to really be thinking, I I mean, like literally walking around my friend's house and could not make the switches work. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, that (laughs) I really frustrated. That I would definitely agree is, is just poor decision-making on the, on the part of the homeowner. You know, Mm -hmm. I, I think the, the opposite side of, of that argument is that, like, for example, I did Insteon light switches in my apartment. They work mm-hmm. and function. Like, if the hub goes offline, these light switches mm-hmm. are regular dimmer switches. They work yep. as long as the there's not a blackout in town, right? So mm-hmm. everything is normal. Um, and if that's something that I want to bring to the next home, well, I go around, I count up the 20 or so light switches, I trade out my dimmers, and, and I move on. Mm-hmm. But it's that... when you're making decisions where other people can't, like if someone, if if I Airbnb'd this place and someone came over and used it and they didn't have any access to my systems, everything works as it would work if you put the light switch in in 19, you know, 72. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, I think the... A fun year of switches. Better said (laughs) is the, the (laughs) the technology should be invisible to people who don't need to use it. Sure. That you know everything should should function as we're used to it functioning, but Mm -hmm. if you're the owner, if you if you have the access on your app, if you're the 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 administrator of your home, you should be able to do those those extra things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I I think I wouldn't invest in. It's almost like the electric car versus, you know, the hybrid debate, right? Right. Where you know, like, do you need the do you want the backup valve? Which reminds me, I know you asked me about solar. Sorry, we popped. I got to tell you, I'm really, um, I, I have become gun shy about it because the new regulations, ha- the tariffs that have gone through are, are terrifying the industry. And it's driven all conversations about wow. the price of solar up at least 30%. So, oh, they got rid of your tax credits? It's just crazy. The, the, the industry is so, there, it's just the, um, by adding a tariff to solar pieces and elements that are coming in from China and from other countries, 
it just sort of hamstrings all of solar here in the U.S. Weirdly, I don't think that's what people intended when they made those choices. But huh. uh, those elements make a solar array affordable. Um, yeah, because, I mean, without them, it is cost prohibitive, man. It even is kind of with them, right? You're making a choice, a, a social money. consciousness yeah. choice. Many people's roofs aren't going to give them the entire yield of their – like some people you truly could put up an array that you'll be making money on, but mm-hmm. not everybody. Um, depends on your consumption too. Consumption, so, you know, direction that it's facing. All of it. Amount and of it's hours. Really, and, yeah. So complicated. Even, I, I think this is partly why people haven't adopted solar too is just – you know, you, you get so far down the road with a, a solar company before you get the answer of does it work? How much is it? You know, like it's it's it's, it's a not frustrating process sit down and like dig up an answer on, you know, it has so many variables. So I think a lot of people throw their hands up and are like, what? It, it maybe later, you know. Yeah, I, I've I've talked to, to solar companies and I, I agree with you. It is it's not for someone that is in the industry. I find it difficult to understand. I can only yeah. imagine somebody that is not in the industry at all does not fully understand it. It must really be complicated because, just like you said, yeah, you know, they start talking about tax credits or like, well, you get this from the state, this is from federal, but you only get it at this point, and then you can't get it here. And you're like, wait, 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 what? Wait, so wait, I have to, I got to put the money up front, and I might get the tax credit at a certain point, or maybe it's like a year later. And you're just like, this is too comp. You're just like, I got too much going on. Uh, I'm, ke- I'm keen. I'm keen to get it involved in my next project. So I'm. I'm hoping that it's not. Did you that complex? I mean, I haven't deep dove on it yet. I. I. I was yeah. actually really interested to hear what you had to say on it because, yeah. you know, I know you right. as someone who does their <laughs> research, and um, that's that. Well, that makes me nervous. Here's the, definitely. Here's the good news. The good news is solar panels have gone all the way. Like the panels themselves now. You know, I think a lot of people were waiting for the technology to get as efficient as possible. The panels are efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, the batteries are what's really changing too in our life. And I think some of the Tesla, you know, like Power wall the marketplace yeah. conversations, right? Like this is pushing everything forward. Right. The piece of the pie that seems to fail in about a decade is the inverter. Now, that's something that like you can just assume in the life of your panels. Your panels are going to last for 30 years it's fine. Like that technology is going to be good for 30 years and still continue generating enough solar to do the job. The inverter is going to fail. Um, you know, about 10 years into the process, you're going to be replacing that inverter. Is that expensive? Uh, Is that it's yeah. Yeah. I think it's a couple grand, you know, not, not terrible. And then the batteries are your personal choice, right? So like if you truly wanted to, you could put together a set of batteries for your house and have, several of them store more um you know get yourself a little closer to being um completely off the grid right Mm -hmm. Uh, so the batteries are another piece of the pie that's that's gone pretty far i would say uh you know you could also replace your battery down the road if you feel like uh, or supplement it with a bigger battery sure Um, well you you can date you can daisy chain those right Yes, okay. absolutely. Interesting. And so the, the panels are fine. Like at this point, panel has, has made the run and got uh, got advanced enough that, you know, it's there might be some new breakthroughs, but you're they're great. You know, that's not the problem. The problem is, uh, you know, the inverter and the the batteries and, and how much can you store? How What's your, you know, how much are you using? How much can you store? Mm-hmm. 
well, and then different. And then if, if I if I remember correctly, different states have different regulations with respect to like being able to sell energy credits back to the oh grid and God. actually make money on it. And you so want to talk about complicated? That is so true. And that's the one thing the person who your power runs through the, the organization dictates if you can even sell solar back and what your deal is. Wow. All of, like, wow. again, you could get all the way through this process and realize that your your municipality is going to screw you uh and east coast has a bit of that by the way as i was doing a bunch of research on it i came across a lot of people who were really fuming about it i think north of you guys um where you know they've just mandated what you can and can't do with this stuff hmm. you'll get all the way through this process but you won't realize until later what the, sometimes they've set the rate that you can sell it back at or so you don't actually make the the, the the amount of money that you think you're gonna make i mean the last time i dove into that yeah. it, we were considering mm-hmm. we were considering a solar system for for erie street for the building that i live in um yep. to to cover the to cover like the common hallways and some of the elevator yep. power you know just to be as green as possible and, yes. and quite frankly my dad and i and john were just interested in in testing out a system we sure. couldn't we couldn't do it for a number of reasons, not the least of which was the amount of penetrations and different AC condensing units on the roof yep. and all that, you know, yep. other multifamily construction stuff. But I do remember that New Jersey was was pretty favorable in terms of what you could sell back. Now, That's that good. was in we're in 2018. That was 2015. 15. I was doing the research uh-huh. and yeah. then the yeah, so so I don't know what's changed, but I'm I'm definitely going to be diving into it again, probably in six or eight months, and be interesting to yeah. see where it's at. So are you? So to to round out that the the solar conversation, are you are are you still going back and forth, or have you just said screw it? Yes, out? heavily on the fence. Okay, um, I still need to do a final calculation um, of you know, like including here's all the HVAC, here's the tank list, here's what I'm thinking about using for the house, and then. literally calculate and try again because you know i'm not afraid to invest in the future and i like you i really believe in the sun is right there (laughs) exactly at some point we all have to wake up to the fact that we can use that power and you do have to spend money to do it so Mm -hmm. i I would love to invest in that i just am trying to process um you know like is it going to add 50 grand to my project is it going to add 80 grand to my project well it's i I think it's almost like it's two calculations it's what's it going to add and then how long is it going to take me to to recoup that initial investment with or without that tax credit that i'm that i'm hoping for right and right so that that's a that's a lot of you know because the upfront versus the the over time a lot of people too are used to getting three estimates for something. And so, you know, you have to be pretty far down the road in this process with a solar installer to get this answer. So I think it's confusing as a process. Um, And of course that installer can help you determine like what actual equipment you want to be using. Uh, But you are sort of in bed with that installer at that point, you know, like this is the process that you have gone through and you've invested a lot of time and energy and, it's I almost like it's an oddly monopolized process just because of how, how much time you need to spend with one person. Exactly. Wow. Yes. Wow. Hey, Very Lori, interesting. Sure. That's, that, that's, thank you. That's, that's a lot of insight. Have you, have, with, with going through all your research, is, would you say that the, the, the Tesla batteries are some of the best that people can look into? And when, when you were looking up 
about Tesla, I know they've come out with now all of their roof systems. Was that yes. something that even came on your radar instead of doing the panels? Nope. <laughs> okay, no. so that's... So, Tesla is a good battery. Uh, there are definitely other batteries that people in the industry believe in more. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I think there's a German one that everybody really likes. Um, also, when it came to the roof tiles for me, uh, so in, in full disclosure, my husband drives a Tesla SUV, um, and I have a lot of issues with it. There are a lot of things about the car that feel like they were designed by somebody in Silicon Valley. Uh, there's just certain stuff that doesn't work and is quirky. And I'm like, why, 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 yep. you know, why is this car so expensive and you can't make the damn glove box? <laughs> <laughs> really confusing to me. So, I, so I just want to open up the glove box and uh, get my insurance docs. Open up the glove box and it's like undermounted a little bit, like hangs, it's on the undercarriage, I guess. Oh my and, God. You know, all, your, all your crap falls out. So, so, Am I willing to invest my roof and my solar in I a company it. who can't make the glove box okay. work? I am okay. <laughs> well said, lady. Well said. well said. Oh, my God. That's just, too funny. And also, I think their priorities are really divided. You know, they've got a lot of directions that they're trying to innovate sure. yeah. in. And sometimes it's good to be focused on working with the company who's been great at something and has a single-minded direction that they're trying to like change the world in you know well so. and I, I think as well too that the panels number one are more efficient you're getting way more mm -hmm. yield out of them um and number two i think having the roof and solar panels separate allows you to to fix things to, to your point earlier about you know getting to a home that you can't fix anymore you know, when, yeah. when you're when you're installing the solar shingles or tiles or whatever we're calling them, um, you know, I, I think it's a lot it's a lot harder if you have a leak. If, if anything goes. Yeah, they say it's not, you know, that the, they're way better than regular shingles or this or that. But, you know, these are all claims. This stuff has not been tried and tested lo yeah. long enough in, in a multitude of environments where you can be 100 percent confident in that. And, and, and your no, point of it being my roof, <laughs> that's yeah. a yeah. that's not lost it on me. I don't know if you saw it when we were at KBiz, but um, GAF has a product uh, that combines both. Yes. So because they're a roofing company, when they develop their solar panels that go on top of their roof, it's sort of all one system that they install it all and do it all themselves. And then they warranty that whole thing for 30 years. So I did explore that and think about that Um it's not the same, t like my, my house kind of makes sense with sort of a, a clay roof tile. Gotcha. Um, so aesthetically it would be a choice to, to shift over to sort of a shingle roof and, and go in that direction. Sure. Um, but they make a great, I mean, you know, my, my family has been in roofing for four generations. So it's, it's a product that I'm, I'm very familiar with a brand and have known for a long time. And, uh, you know, I definitely, have cast an eyeball in that direction. So, you know, I think for people who are concerned about the integrity of the roof underneath and not having two separate contractors that are fighting over whose fault it is if something fails, you know, it is definitely, yeah, things. that's definitely a good way to go. It's a lot to, uh, it's, it's, cool. it's a lot to think about. hundred, hundred yeah. percent. For sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like an absolutely incredible, incredible project. Um, what didn't we cover? We, we, I mean, we were all over the place. I mean, I know, well, I don't want to start covering all the pretty things because that's going to be the show, and I want everybody to be watching <laughs> that. So, 
Um, Thank you. you know, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I, will too. I, I can't wait well, to well, see all the design also, choices. What we could do too is if you're just getting ready to start, maybe we have Lori come back on and we talk. I would love to talk to you because I think it's it's always kind of like you get the perspective right before you start. Right, you're, you're gung ho, ready to ready yeah, to do maybe, it. Maybe halfway through halfway the process. Halfway through the process, that would, be, that would be super fun. I would love to hear about any issues because i know and you know Lori. there's going to be things that are going to pop up you, you you know it it's funny it's funny my contractor said something yesterday when we met he was like don't worry it's going to be so good with us working on this project how could it be anything but and i, I just laughed at him <laughs> <laughs> oh bro kiss of death what are you doing <laughs> don't, don't do that to me don't do <laughs> of course i mean and that's another thing that homeowners you know something will always go sideways yeah. something always happens and it's about your attitude and being able to pivot and like having a, a plan B and thinking through things and saving some extra money, you know, something's going to happen and that's okay. Like we're just going to try to mitigate whatever rolls our way. And, and, you know, if something goes crazy, it'll make great content, right? Yeah, it sure will. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, awesome. Well, Lori, again, I, we can't thank you enough for taking the time guys. All of Lori's social stuff is hooked up in the show notes um, and I think that that does it, it for us, we'll right? We'll give everybody. I guess Laura, you'll give Anthony all the information. How everyone can watch, of course. Oh yeah, as no. Soon as this process sure. starts, yeah. Okay. And we're, and like you said, we're, we're going to do another one of these with Lori. You know, s- some of the way through the pro- through the process. Maybe maybe even if we're out in LA, we can do a walkthrough and, and a live oh, podcast on site, which yeah. would be super fun. Yeah, so, love that. Um, so much fun. We'll keep our fingers crossed for uh, serendipitous timing and, and and crossing paths at the right time to make that happen. We'll treat you to some warm weather. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Never never a complaint, especially right now. Oh, my God, February in New Jersey. All right, guys, that was another episode of Home with the Cousins. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, guys, real quick before you go, we just want to say thanks for listening to the show this week. And if you have a second, please subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or wherever you get your podcasts. And share the show with your friends so we can keep growing this great community. Remember to check out homewiththecousins.com to read our show notes from this episode, see past episodes, download our free renovation document package, or just to send us a note. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Carino Anthony and at Culinary John. Our show is produced and edited by yours truly, with original music intro and outro created by Steve and Joseph Padula. I'm Anthony Carino, and thanks for listening.